Good Shabbos and Shabbat Shalom. Mishnah Yomi is continuing for Shabbat Kitisa with the 10th chapter of Eruvin, Mishnah 8. Elon Shehu Mesich Ol Haaretz, a tree that's hanging down onto the ground, meaning the branches are hanging low to the ground, forming sort of natural partitions, natural quasi-walls around the space under the tree. So Mishnah explains him, if the branches are less than three tefachim from the ground, a person could carry in this area. Now we're talking about a tree that's in Rishos Rabim, but the tree is forming its own quasi-domain with these really low-hanging branches. Anything within three tefachim of the ground is considered to be on the ground, so it's as if these branches are going all the way down to the ground and forming a mechitza, forming a partition, around the space under the tree so people could carry there. The Mepharshim do say if it's really humongous, like Beit Setayim, then it's a karpaf shulhuk of the dira and you couldn't carry there. It would be one of these enclosures that's a non-residential enclosure, but it would be pretty hard to find a tree that size. Now the mission continues with a related halacha, Sharashav, if the roots, Givohin min if they're three tfachim higher than ground level, lo you can't sit on them. Now again, if they're within three tefachim of the ground, they're considered like the ground, and they are usable as a low seat on Shabbat. But above three tefachim, there's a rabbinical prohibition from using trees, climbing on trees, hanging items on trees. I've, I've heard it happens happens more than once in yeshiva. If the guys are for a walk and someone like puts his hat on the tree or puts his jacket on the tree, yeah, it, it, on Shabbos, yeah, it's stuck. Can't uh, you can't put things on and take them off? So then it becomes a bottle to the tree for Shabbos. The mission continues. Adelit shebemuksa, the door to the muksa. Now muksa usually means set aside, like items we cannot use on Shabbos. They have no use, uh, legal use on Shabbos. But here it means the place in the courtyard where you kind of throw random stuff to get it out of sight. Now the door to this was not a real door with hinges, but was sort of just a big board. So when you want to go in there, you pick up this big board and then when you want to close it you put down this board as well so that resembles building because you're you're picking up some, a board off the ground and replacing it onto the ground so that's like buildings and the mission continues so to a hadokim if it was uh, like a bundles of thorns that you know you're using as a wall to close off your courtyard or your muksa um uh, yeah you put them into a breach in the wall or you know to close off your fence and mats like mats made of reeds that you could sort of lean against the fence to close off an opening and keep the goats out you can't close off the gap with them on shabbos again it's like building it's only if they're hanging off the ground if they're not onto the ground then it's not like building you may not stand in the private domain and take a key and unlock a lock or a door that's in the public domain or or vice versa unless you make a boundary a partition that's 10 tefachim tall to you know, make yourself a little mini domain around the lock, because we're worried you're going to accidentally transfer the key to Rebbe Mayer. This is according to Rebbe Mayer, says you need the partition, because he's worried you're gonna transfer the key from one domain to the other while you are unlocking the door. Amru but the other sages said to Rebbe Mayer, there was an actual event, an actual situation, 
in the shuk of patamim. Now, this could mean the fatteners, uh, like the like we say that Yitro was mefatem animals for Avodazara in his previous life. There could be a lashon of spice makers like Pituma Ketoret. Rebbeinu Hananel says this is a place where they would fatten up the geese and the the birds, you know, to for Kavod of Shabbos. So anyway, this this shuk of Patamim Shehayb Yerushalayim in Yerushalayim Shaynolin they would lock at such a door. And they would actually leave the key in the window or in the windowsill that was on top of the door. So that key was more than 10 tfachim off the ground. So even if this had been a Rishos Rabim Mamish, the Gemara explains actually this was a Carmelite situation. If it had been a Rishos Rabim Mamish, then the key was kept out of the airspace of Rishos Rabim. It was kind of kept right above the door. Uh, but this matzav is actually in a Carmelite, where they're 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 bringing this example. And the Gemara says that Rabbi Meir, actually hearing this, retracted his first opinion with regards to a Carmelite. So he said, so if one area is a Carmelite, which is sort of remember kind of in between a Bereshos Rabbi and Bereshos Yachid, then he would allow this locking unlocking without a Mechitza. But if it's Mamish or Bereshos Rabbi and Bereshos Yachid. Then Rabbi Meir stood his ground and did not allow it. Uh, Rabbi Yossi Omer, at the very end, Rabbi Yossi adds in, Shuk Shot Sumarim Haya. It wasn't the Shuk of Patamim, of the fatteners or spice makers. It was Shuk Shot Sumarim. It was the wool dealers, the, you know, the, the ancient Woolworths or whatever it is that was the Shuk. So it's just important to remember details. You know, if, if we're bringing an event that's Halacha Lamaisa, if we see how a Godel acted in a certain situation, it's important to remember all the details so we remember you know we realize it was actually this event and other people recalling it can confirm the actual halacha that it was allowed lama say shabbat shalom and be well